You are listening to the Fire and Lunch Podcast. As a reminder to those listeners wishing to remain unspoiled for the books, run. This is an all-spoiler podcast. All published books and novellas are fair game. Thanks. And who are you, the proud face said that I must eat this pie? The Wymans are brought to you by the Westerosi Foreign Pie Association. And the envelope, please. Uh, hello, we are Fire and Lunch. Welcome to the podcast. This is our very special episode for our Wyman Awards. I'm Katie. And I'm Rachel. I'm Jenny. I'm Lauren. I'm Megan. And I'm Jess. Welcome to the postseason, everybody. Uh, today, we are introducing our first annual Wyman Awards, where we're going to give a shout out to our favorite moments of season four of Game of Thrones. We have about 13 categories. Um, does anybody want to talk about where we got the name, the Wyman Award? Wyman Manderley? Yes. Who makes pies? <laughs> <laughs> he makes Short very version. good pies. He's, they're so good, he's got to go back for seconds. Ooh, bump, bump. All right, should we just jump in? Yes. I think we should just jump in. All right, so first category of the Wyman's of 2014 is favorite one-liner. Um, Rachel, why don't you start? Uh, I liked Arya's laugh. <laughs> Reasoning being? It was fucking hilarious. I mean, I, 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 I count it as a line because that, that's just how I felt like she encapsulated how I felt to be a fan of the books and the show at that moment, watching what was happening, you know, happening. And then she started laughing like that because it was just so bleak and so funny that it was definitely my favorite line. Um, Lauren, what was your favorite one liner? Well, it's part of a, a, a couple of sentences but i think the best part is when egret told Tormund that i don't want to think about the bear you never fucked that just made me fall apart <laughs> you are still laughing at that it's like three I'm weeks still, later yeah i'm still laughing i think it's the funniest thing ever who's not still laughing over it I- <laughs> it's Tormund's face that does it yeah <laughs> all right jenny uh, my favorite one-liner was uh, the end of the Loris Jamie conversation from the Lion in the Rose when he said, neither will you, in response to Jamie saying, you'll never marry Cersei. Ooh, burn. Ouch. No, I did like that. I think it was the face of both of them that kind of made that. Well, because Loris looked all hurt, and then he, like, puffed himself up, and he was like, neither will you. And then Jamie was like, oh, God. <laughs> it was good. He just, he needed a mic to drop. That was all that he needed yeah. to make Jamie that wasn't having a good day for that entire episode. Like <laughs> no, no, he wasn't. He was just going from one person to the next and being insulted. <laughs> While his sister was going around insulting everyone. Yeah. It's a twin thing. It's a twin thing. It's a twin thing. Megan, what was your favorite line? My favorite was when Olena Terrell made the comment about ludicrous silver hair about Targaryens. Just because I've <laughs> always thought their description is ridiculous. So I just loved that comment. It is a great line. And Jess? Mine is from the pilot when they're looking at the white book, uh, Jamie and Joffrey. And Jamie was explaining how he was, you know, busy, you know, and Joffrey tells him, busy getting captured. <laughs> it just really like encapsulates like why Joffrey is a huge prick 
but also one of my favorite characters for those one-liners he just gets in there yeah <laughs> I'm surprised that nobody said that Gren was from a farm was their favorite oh, was on my shortlist. it was on my shortlist it was, but honestly, well, speaking of that, mine was actually from that episode or the episode before it. Mine was uh, Sam's line. Oh, is it over? Well, then. <laughs> <laughs> that really was a great one. Just because that was very much John Bradley as Sam rather than like the Sam that we're used to from the books. But I loved it. The sass was strong in that scene. Next category. We made it to the first category we did. without we anyone really getting crazy <laughs> no one had right. to be cut off by reigns of castamere no not yet <laughs> that is the thing that will be happening by the way <laughs> if anybody gets a little long be on the lookout there you go uh next category second category of 2014 wyman's favorite shout out to book fans within season four of game of thrones uh we'll we'll, we'll keep going in order rachel um, favorite shout out to book fans. There's so many things that weren't in in the season <laughs> that could we'll have get been to great those. shout. Bring bring that back. Bring that back. <laughs> um, I really really liked it when Blood Raven actually you know mentioned that the line from the book where he said that Bran would learn to fly. That's funny because that's a line from the book from the show that people who didn't read the books are so totally fucking confused and they're like, "What kind of show are we watching?" So I kind of love that that was your favorite. They think he's gonna actually like fly like yeah. a superhero. <laughs> <laughs> he's gonna grow wings. No, and then and then my image of him is like like um is like Grover where he's like flying, but then he's got like his dangly legs. Super Grover. <laughs> <laughs> or not even Snoopy on like the the dog house that he has with like the little aviator glasses and the helmet. No, not oh. that cool at all. No, we're talking super <laughs> Yeah. Nice. All right, uh, Lauren. Um, the Duncan the Tall reference when they were looking through the book. Yay. I was very excited to hear Duncan get mentioned because I love Duncan Egg. See, and ever actually keep out, keep on the lookout from us for more on Duncan Egg. Just just as a little preview. Uh, Jenny? Uh, my favorite was the mentions to the Golden Company because it gives me hope for John Con, even though <laughs> I probably shouldn't. <laughs> Look, if they can't pull off the blue hair, for Dario at least, I don't have too much hopes for John I don't Con. need him to have blue hair. I just need him to exist. I need everyone okay. to have blue hair. <laughs> I mean, I'd like the blue hair, but I can live without the blue hair. I just need him to exist. But until then, I'll be over here crying in a corner. All right. That's her. Oh, that all right. The, that would also be the corner where the Lady Stoneheart fans are. Yes. Oh, we. No, no, no. <laughs> it's no, a big no. corner. They have their own corner. <laughs> they're, they're they on take up a page. block. <laughs> we're building a house in that corner, and we're gonna live there forever. <laughs> all right, Megan. Mine's similar to Lauren. I'm gonna say the inclusion of the White Book and mentions of Arthur Dane and Dunk, just because I have a lot of feelings about prior Kingsguard members, especially Arthur. And Jess? Sorry, I was thinking of Kiefer Sutherland as Arthur Dane. <laughs> Stop it, Jess. Oh, Only so has the awful accent. Oh, oh is God. that a category, guys? Best fan casting? <laughs> no. You mean worst fan casting? <laughs> oh. No, that means it's the best. 
<laughs> Rachel, your Greyjoys are next, so welcome. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> all right, all right, all right. So, Jess, what is your... All right, mine is also... I feel like all mine are from the pilot. Mine is uh, the reference when Tyrion and Oberyn are speaking about Robert's Rebellion and the mentions of Elia, but also the mention of Lyanna and Rhaegar. Not Lyanna by name, but I feel they never mention it or they try to pretend like it doesn't exist. So to have that reference there, I savored it. And it's one of my favorite moments from season four. Nice. I, I mean, I actually, mine was Dorn related as well. Mine was uh, Oberyn in the Mountain, that fight. Just because I knew the dialogue in the book, even though it's like fairly heavy with the Inigo Montoya references, is so wonderful to see it played out on screen and have him be, like chanting at him and doing that amazing fight. I was super excited about that part. I, am, I do give them props for keeping the chant in because that's yeah. like of that scene yeah oh, totally it's the heart of it all right so category three of the wyman's favorite ramin moment ramin uh jawadi 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 who is the brilliant composer of the music for game of thrones this would be like our favorite musical cue within season four uh <laughs> rachel oh stop it stop it <laughs> Okay, we lost Rachel. You know what, Rachel? Guess what? You get to go first and go. Uh, <laughs> uh, well, we all know how little I think of the score this uh, this season, but uh, I think my favorite Ramin moment is when I looked him in the eye and asked him if we were going to get a song about giants, and he smiled at me. That motherfucker. <laughs> that is not a musical cue, Rachel. It is. It, it is a not. cue to my face. <laughs> <laughs> This is not anecdotal Ramin moments. This is a musical cue. Come up with something. Uh, I like the part where he went brum during the fight scene. <laughs> okay. Uh, okay, so that's actually in the Thens. There's a song for that. I actually, on every time score. I listen to it, I giggle on the score. Oh. <laughs> the Nolan Blaum. Yeah. yeah. I like his overuse of that noise. Great, great job. Okay, that's fair. Uh, <laughs> Lauren, what was your favorite musical cue? Um, well, you all know by now what a sobber I am and how everything sets me off. So, of course, I chose a song that set me off, which was Two Swords, which made me sob when we watched the episode. So it makes me sob when I listen to it. Jenny? I think I'm going to have to abstain from this category because apparently I do not pay attention to the musical moments at all on the show. And I don't really have an opinion. <laughs> It was the part where they were burping, Jenny. <laughs> well, that wasn't his soundtrack, but otherwise I totally picked that. You know what? It actually, I, I, Jenny, you know what? It is part of his soundtrack because they were they were burping the bear and the maiden fair, which yeah. the music was done by him. So there you go. But that's not from the season, so it doesn't count. Yes, it that's is. True. But it was in but the, the season. But it's the in the season. No, but the bear and the maiden fair. No, no. But like, he, okay, so he uses the same theme from season one in every seasons soundtrack yeah how it's just many like, fucking seasons have we had to listen to the reigns of casimir yeah fuck that another award I'm for Ramin. over it i'm over it so that that that's fair jenny we're gonna put that the burping scene sure <laughs> <laughs> megan i feel like rachel's gonna come punch me but i'm gonna say <laughs> the watchers on the wall and i actually really like the moment when the fire starts and the horn starts blowing because i feel the music choices he picks in that moment really complement the horn and i love it so rachel you can come at me it's okay 
Should, should we do like a horn sound in the background now? <laughs> <laughs> all right, all right, Jess. Uh, mine's also from Watchers on the Wall. It's when John's going north of the wall. Uh, I like the mixture of the three themes, the Watchers on the Wall, his love theme, and also the Night's Watch theme mixed together. I thought that was a nice, nice musical cue. Okay. Uh, I'm just going to go with whenever they used Goodbye Brother, just because I love that theme. It, it, it actually evokes emotion and whenever I hear it. So I think they used it when Bran was choosing his duty over John. Mm-hmm. So yeah, Goodbye Brother is one of my favorites. Stark feelings everywhere. Stark feelings. Even though the Starks are fairly useless, I do enjoy their musical cues. <laughs> The wolves will come again. Yeah, that was going to say that the original title of the last book. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So actually, this is a pretty cool category. This is category four of the Wyman's uh, favorite fight scene. Miss Rachel. Oh, hands down, Brienne versus the Hound. Yes. I really, really like that scene, which is odd because it never happened in the books. But I props to them because it was awesome. They're fairly good at that. There are a couple times where they mix together characters that don't mix in the books, but it's something that we all would have wanted. Like there are fan fictions putting these characters together. So it was really great to see it on screen. See, personally, I've never, I never felt like they needed to meet or like that was not something that I wanted. But yeah. when it was presented to me, I thought, oh, this is pretty, you know, pretty awesome. Pretty rad. Yeah. Also, you know, she bit off his ear. That was pretty cool. <laughs> she did. Well, she that's bit off somebody's ear. Yeah, and I mean, you have these two incredible... Even if you just look at them as TV characters, they're incredible, you know, characters, and you kind of want to root for both of them. So it was... Ner we were all, like, going nuts watching Well, that. plus, Brienne spends that whole season just sort of standing around. So mm -hmm. at least we finally got a season, you know, or a scene in this season where she was just, you know, fuck you guys, and not in a shitty dress and not being saved by anyone. So I like that. Nice. Uh, Lauren? For me, it's a tie between Brienne and the Hound and uh, the Mountain and the Viper. Well, at least up into the <sighs> popping sound. Part. Oh, you traitorous uh, bitch. What do you mean? <laughs> how could you? How could that possibly be your favorite? No, it's scene? a toss up. I said it's a, it's a tie for me. I can't choose between the two. I oh, think I can't choose between Brienne being a badass and Pedro having his face smushed. <laughs> no, no, I, I was fine up until the part where he does get his face smushed. I can't deal with that part. I can't. You know Brienne's my girl. You know I love her to pieces. But so pick mine. Pick mine. Fine. <laughs> fine. I'll pick yours. But everyone oh, else, good. I kind of like a tie. <laughs> <laughs> all right. All right. Jenny, what do you think? Um, I'm just going to be random and say the uh, scene with uh, Jamie and Braun where Braun uses his own golden hand to hit him. <laughs> you just wanted funny. to say Jamie in there. Yeah. Well, that fine. too. It's fine. <laughs> <laughs> Megan? I'm doing this one for Rachel. I'm going to go with the white flight, the children, and the death of Jojen. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> Fuck you. This is supposed to be the best fight. Come on. Uh, hey, it's a fantasy show, so I'm glad the show went there. So, hey, guys, welcome to the fantasy show. And, Rachel, you know I love you. <laughs> How are they moving their arms? <laughs> There you go. And the best Jason and the Argonauts moment goes to, <laughs> goes to. Pirates of the Caribbean, you guys. Come on. All right, Jess, favorite fight? 
Um, I'm gonna go with the mountain and the viper. This one took me a while to think of one, but it's my favorite book scene. I don't talk about it as much as other, you know, scenes, but it's actually my favorite book scene. Just because, you know, I got spoiled for the Red Wedding. I looked at a deviant art of it and like Kat me was too. Dead. Yeah, Jenny and I. So I didn't have that like rage over it reading it, but this was the one like tossing of the book moment and it was something I kept talking about, you know, missing, you know, worrying that they're going to screw it up. And I felt they did it justice. And tying back to what Katie, you said earlier about, like, the dialogue helped it a lot. And minus the fact that, like, the end was pretty gruesome. I think the fight overall was was pretty pretty close to how I imagined it. And it, they did it justice, which they don't always do. So I was very happy with it. Very cool. You make I mean, a popping noise? Oh, no popping. Yeah. Oh. No popping. <laughs> Cuts off right there. That is not yes. technically fighting. <laughs> Um, I mean, I mentioned this before. I really enjoyed the Brienne and the Hound fight. That was my favorite. But special mention to the Oberyn and the Mountain fight, just because the fight choreography was amazing. I kind of want to like slow it down and see how did he do that? Because it was really well done, and Pedro did awesome with it. But it has to be Brienne and the Hound. I mean, just the emotional investment was really intense in that scene. Right. I want to give out, before we continue, yeah. I do want to give out a Miss Congeniality Award for, the, okay. for one of the fight scenes, and that would be Sansa punching Robin in the face. <laughs> oh, hell <laughs> yeah. Hell Just, yes. You know, I mean, I don't usually condone hitting children, no matter their faults, but... But everybody wanted to do he that. He needed it. He yeah, needed it. he needed it a little bit, so... It's that Continue. moment of stop. Yes, no, no, that was, that was fair. That was, that was a good award. Um, all right, so leading from the favorite fight scene, uh, category five is What's favorite next? death scene of season four of Game of Thrones. Uh, Rachel. Yes. What was your favorite death scene? I think um, yes meant all of them. <laughs> <laughs> Do you want to go left or right? Yes. <laughs> yes. Um... I don't know. I mean, I really thought I really kind of want to give it to Jack because I'm, you know, I totally miss that character. You know, we, you know, we're, you know, we've come to the end of the season and I miss Joffrey. And I, I think that that was really just to see, to see the mighty brought low. I liked it. Nice. Uh, Lauren. I'm going to have to say Joffrey, too, because... See, I'm not a traitor's bitch. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I like uh, going first, because everyone just copies me. Hey! No, I have a piece of paper I can email it to with all my answers. Um, <laughs> the Laura was very conscientious about this. I just want to say that. She was like, I don't want anybody to see what I'm putting in, because I don't want it to be influenced. So she's no, I didn't want to be influenced by other people's responses. Um, yeah, but anyway, Joffrey, because... Jack, yeah, I mean, I think we all miss Jack, and and watching that stark fear on his face towards the end, you almost, almost feel some sort of, you know, you know, some kind of sympathy for him, and then he dies, and then you're like, ah, it's just so perfect. <laughs> it's like a Sprite commercial. <sighs> <laughs> <laughs> the refresher, Jeffrey Death, refresher. <laughs> All right, Jenny, what was your favorite death? Um, I'm going to pick Gren, because I didn't have to actually watch it, but it made me cry anyway. <laughs> nice. Because I uh, can't pick the uh, Oberyn one, because I can't watch it again. Yeah. <laughs> um, Megan? 
I'm gonna go with Egret and the Watchers on the Wall because it was heartbreaking and I thought they did a really great job of translating that to screen and it's one of my favorite scenes in the series ever. So I loved it. Jess? See, all of your deaths, poison, arrows. <laughs> my favorite death is Jojen Reed because it took like multiple act shots <laughs> and a fireball <laughs> to kill him. Hey, you know what? All it took, <laughs> all it took hey, was all characters are lesser human beings. <laughs> They're lesser human beings. It took God. like multiple act shots fireball to kill Jojin. No, it was so ridiculous that I, I it's my favorite one. In a weird way, it brings a smile to my face, even though it shouldn't. Because <laughs> your face is a skeleton That, that I can face. totally get. <laughs> I see that, especially how much you love. Well, because you love the reeds, and it was it, it makes sense. He's one of the most badass deaths we've had, because it took him a while. But my actually my favorite death I had other things I actually did have Gren but I am going to amend that and do the death of the little girl um, that uh, Drogon unfortunately massacred because I felt like it was it was really heartbreaking oh, it was it, it really like affected me pretty bad I, I was pretty upset by it and then to also see the reaction that it had not only for this poor man and his performance was amazing, uh, but for Danny and for ca her camp, because this is when they finally realized this is out of control. Like we are, we are not holding on to anything pretty, uh, any like well right here. So that's my favorite death probably. All right, category number six is biggest, okay. Category number six is biggest nerd rage moment with the caveat that it is not that scene which shall not be named which was really hard because everybody wanted to say it but biggest nerd rage moment that's not that scene uh rachel you want to start um yeah so i don't i'm confused now because I, I i mean i know what that scene means but there's also another scene that is that you scene? can mention the asha scene um but excuse you <laughs> <laughs> you have permission to choose that one as your topic so <laughs> What I was going to say is, rather than say that scene or the Stoneheart scene, that I have to rep my lady and say that the biggest nerd rage for me was the absolute abysmal failure of translating Asha Greyjoy to the screen. Yeah. Because yeah. that was horseshit. Yeah. yeah. I still hear that um, Benny Hill music in my head. It was awful. I don't understand how that's going to work. With, I mean, she's just a laughing stock now and a coward. And if there's anything that Asha is not, it is she is not a coward. She's many many things, but she's not a coward. And that and that really pissed me off because it's also like setting up this weird dichotomy between the Greyjoys and the Starks, where it's like the Starks are like a real family, and the Greyjoys don't know how to be a family, and. I think that's horseshit as well because as we know the Starks are big hypocrites so I don't know I just it really pissed me off and I and I, I feel sad for the people who don't read the book and they think that Yara is just this like bratty you know coward who just kind of waltzes in and out of scenes that's fair that's definitely fair mm -hmm. uh, Lauren okay my nerd rage moment was and this is my fault because I put my own hopes on something that clearly wasn't going to happen at the end of the season. And uh, and I'm 
really, really hoping that it makes it into next season, because if I don't see Stoneheart in the next season, I'm going to rip my own eyeballs out. I mean, wasn't there an interview with Michelle where she basically was like, no, I'm not doing that anymore? Yeah, but it was so vagueish because she said, she said, well, she's dead, meaning Catelyn. So technically, yes, Catelyn is dead. Lady Stoneheart she, is technically dead She's not going to come out and say that no, she's, she's going to be in the show either. HBO. But it's already been spoiled. Like, come yeah. on, Entertainment Weekly spoiled it. I don't think they can it. do it anymore because it's not going to be the reveal that it'll be. Yeah, it doesn't even work and unless it was it's a reveal. Books. Yeah. Stop breaking my heart, damn it. You're my friends. <laughs> no, I agree with you. I think it's bullshit because I think beyond being being a, you know, like a reveal <laughs> that Lady Stoneheart serves a much larger purpose in terms of the narrative and in terms oh, totally. of Catelyn Stark, who, as we know, Catelyn Stark has always been miswritten. Yes. But, yeah, I know it sucks. It just sucks. It was so disappointing. Nope, I'm right with you. What is it? What's that cartoon? Talk to me. Talk to us about that cartoon you drew, Jenny, because it was pretty awesome. Oh well, I mean, it wasn't really my idea. Oh, it wasn't? Was, no, it was something that nobody suspects the butterfly was asking for because she had. So it the, uh, what was it? The reasonable people or whatever reasonable folks sounded to her like the that onion cartoon, and so she wanted someone to do it. Game of Thrones version of it with that um, oh, argument. So okay. that's why I did that. So oh, it was awesome. it was reasonable folks and the reasonable folks version of the Game of Thrones fans, and then it had Lady Stoneheart in the background uh, with a burning fray flag and a noose and crying, and then George Martin in the foreground crying as well going nobody understands very angry GOT fan of him oh, so. I was gonna say that's the angry angry GOT fan yes yeah, good job so. alright sorry to disrupt us a little no no, no, no. we're good it it's was all together okay yeah, yeah. moving on moving on um, so that was Lauren's biggest nerd rage Jenny what was your biggest nerd rage moment I'm just gonna go with my Thing that never happened that still bothers me that doesn't bother anyone else with the fact that Loris is still not on the king's card. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm with you. I don't understand. It, just, it bugs me for so many reasons and just the continued mistreatment of that character and the fact that like, I just I like the fact that he loved Renly so much and that he chose to be on the king's guard and the whole when the sun has set no candle can replace it and I just think all of that is lost because I mean, because, I know. you know, well, the way that they've written it. Loris now, the way that they've written Loris in the show, it would be like this weird kind of flouncing off kind of overdramatic gesture. Whereas in the books, it's like that chivalric love kind of Yeah. Mm-hmm. I can totally see him flouncing. <laughs> <laughs> in fringe. Oh, you don't, you guys just wait for New York Comic Con. Oh, they'll, they'll be flouncing everywhere. Oh, the hair. I can't wait for the hair. Oh, yeah. The hair. Yes. There you go. So anyway, that's my thing. And I'm going to continue right. to be upset about it anyway, until it happens. That's fine. That's fine. Uh, Megan, what was your favorite, biggest nerd rage moment, rather? Mine is that the fact that the Night's Watch mutineers can actually capture Ghost in summer, I just don't believe it. I, that's, I call BS <laughs> on that, and I still call yeah. BS on it. Total BS. Like, how scary is a direwolf if it's really easy to put him in a cage? Yeah, so... Well, yeah. I convinced myself that they let themselves be caught because they knew that they could get out anytime they wanted to. Well, that's what I have to tell well, yeah. myself. 
but it happened. That's pretty that much. Kind of I, I'm scenario. glad that we're both in this denial together. Good job. Oh no, I that, I don't even think of anything else. I'm like, well, that's clearly Ghost like purposely put himself in the cage because he was just like waiting. He knew. Ghost is like, I got nothing else better to do while John is off flouncing wherever he's flouncing, <laughs> and so I'll just hang here. But he's a prescient direwolf. He's like, I know what's happening. I'm just gonna sit yeah, here. Yeah, it's like day camp for him. Yeah, he got a free meal, whatever. Yeah. <laughs> it was just like camp when I was a kid. Yeah, pretty much. Oh, Jess, what about you? I'm about to nerd rage about the fact that Ghost wasn't with John for some strange reason for three seasons, just bringing up all these terrible memories from season two. Um, <laughs> oh, God, I'm just going to rage about that right now. I, I thought of, it's not a scene, it's the Arya Stark arc for the whole season. Like, it's episode one and ten are great, and then the rest of the season, complete misuse of the character. Did not do her justice at all. She was just doing nothing the whole season. It's very disappointing. She's one of my favorite characters, and I felt they did not do her justice this season. So that's like yeah. my my nerd rage as it's Arya Stark and her just doing nothing for eight episodes. It was clear that they just wanted to end the season on her going to Bravos, but mm-hmm. it was like way too clear. Like when mm-hmm. you watch it, you're like, oh okay, that's why she did nothing for the entire season. You can yeah. literally cut out the entire of it. And then yeah. it wouldn't matter. It's all useless. You watch, and you watch season five. It's gonna be her just still going to Bravos. Bravos. <laughs> you know what? It's Gendry's gonna be rowing next to her in the water. <laughs> like, oh, you too. Oh, okay. I really <laughs> hope that like she just you know they sail right by him. I would It'd be great. That. <laughs> your so arms to just got be really his corpse big. in a boat. No, he, <laughs> so he would have starved. Really big, dude. No, you no, know, he fine. could. He could catch some fish and live off of their blood. All he has to do is like hit the fish on the head with his massive blacksmith arms. It's fine. It's oh God, you reminded me of my mother when she was a kid was taken fishing and and my her great uncle had done that with the eel in front of her. <laughs> Oh. My mother went never went fishing again. <laughs> Tales from Italy. There you go. <laughs> um, so I didn't have a scene that made me nerd rage so much is that we got through pretty much the entire Reed arc that was in the books. And we have not mentioned fucking Helen Reed once. Not yeah, true. I guess yeah. that means the sparrow isn't Helen Reed. We like, mentioned what the him fuck? Once. Oh, yeah. Time. When they were giving their oath, like. A season ago? Oh, okay. They didn't thanks. give an oath. They didn't give they an never oath. Gave yeah, the that's oath. right. They didn't give the fucking oath either. God <laughs> damn it. Oh, that sorry. should have been okay. in a clash of kings or season two, but we all know how they it's did going. mention him. Did they explicitly mention that they were here to serve Bran because of their no. father, or did they no. just say our dad is? No, a they just home? said no, that that's the our thing. Like they just dad was friends with yours, basically. No, and it's bullshit because oh, this weak. is like the reason why we're there. So that's why everybody thought that fucking Jojen was evil for the entire like two seasons. Evil he was because there. he just showed up for no he just reason. He was up. a secret like, agent of the White Walkers, guys. Gosh. No. It's like, okay, I understand that, like, they use Oberyn to kind of start reintroducing the rebellion into this season, but you had two characters just there with no, like, backstory. You know what? I'm sorry, but out of all the theories, and I know we're going to do a theory episode someday, but of all the theories, I I think that the Northern Revenge theory has got way more purchase than, like, the Southern Aspirations theory. It just so like to to say that like all of that shit that's happening in Dorne is more important than establishing all of like the subtle like chess moves that are happening in the north right now. That's just bullshit. 
it honestly it is and it just they're completely ignoring what the north is doing in favor of putting these dynamic flashy characters in and i get that but you just like completely neglected two characters that's my biggest nerd rage like he died and you never explained why it was there yeah okay <laughs> now that i've completely raised my blood pressure uh appropriate for the ca the category the next category, category seven, is the Peter L. Baelish Lifetime Achievement in Shadiness Award, a.k.a. the Stay Shady Award. Uh, basically, this is the, the shadiest, your favorite shady moment of any character in this season. And we named it in honor of the master of shady, Peter Baelish. Uh, Rachel, what was your favorite shady deal? Okay, I got one. Okay. My favorite shady deal is just how smooth Kyburn set himself up in King's Landing, got himself a laboratory, got himself kind of like unlimited funding and the ear of the queen, and nobody is saying shit to him. Except for Pycelle. That's my yeah. favorite. Except for Pycelle, but like, you know, but nobody listens to him. No. So that's... I mean, besides just Peter's mustache, <laughs> combined with his accent, that's my Shady Award goes to Kyburn. Nice. It's a good uh, choice. Lauren? Oh, yeah. God. Marjorie in Tommen's bedroom. Yeah. Ugh, that, that was gross. Ugh. <laughs> it's like, girlfriend, go back to your own room. Wait till he hits puberty. Ugh gross <laughs> wrong well okay. it's pretty brilliant though no, because she's like turn. now setting up oh okay <laughs> no no I, I, I couldn't even think about it anymore it's just getting me upset thinking about it <laughs> well i was gonna go with uh with olena urging her to do that yes <laughs> <laughs> so. uh, here we go again Okay, so can I say it was brilliant for the two of them, I think, because you're pretty much setting up, it's so gross, but you're setting up what he actually would like, like you're you're creating his taste in women to be her. It's like subtle emotional manipulation that is just gross. You You almost have to admire it in its grossness, almost, if you were like sick in the head. Ew. Ew. Cool. I didn't think about it like that. <laughs> Megan. That didn't make it better, Katie. It didn't make Sorry. it better at all. Um, I'm going to be a little different just because I don't want to give always the same answers as other people. But I'm going to say when Melisandre looking at Jon Snow through the flames and the children just because her look, I'm just like, what is she seeing? What is she up to? Like, I don't know. She's staying shady. I don't know what she's doing. So I give it to it's her. True. So Jess, what was your uh, shady award? Uh, Marjorie's visit to Tommen's chamber, it's totally shady because now he's going to have this loyalty to Marjorie over his mom. So I think it sets up, you know, the future tension between Cersei and and Marjorie very well. Not that they, they already had tension, but, you know, fighting over Tommen, you know, so I, I, I loved it. I didn't think it was as creepy as all of you. It's gross, obviously, but I thought here she is playing the game very well using what her grandmother told her to her advantage so yeah, but she's using her boobs you know what it's a coming of age thing tommen was feeling things for the first time that he had never felt before yeah I, it was I, a coming all right 
Yeah, yeah, exactly. Really? I don't know if Natalie Dormer was in my bedroom. (laughs) That's just not fair. That's what I'm saying. Can you like? That's what I'm saying. It's like it's it's Natalie Dormer, like you know. But no, but I do like how she's like playing the game, and you know, and you know that she was in there. You know, she's probably scared. Like, is this gonna work? You know. So I liked it a lot for that. Um, I'm going to go different. Uh, my favorite shady like character this whole season, it was Varys because he, you could see he completely sold Tyrion. He threw him under the bus during his testimony at his trial, but we could tell that he was planning something. And we, I mean, we knew we were book readers, so we knew he was orchestrating his escape, but I just liked how he unabashedly said, fuck this man, I'm going to do what I can to survive, but like, just trust that I have your back. I kind of love that. So he wasn't as like gross as everybody else, but I did like him. And I liked that he heard the bells tolling for Tywin, didn't know what was going on. He was like, oh, fuck it. I'm going on the boat. So yeah, well, I took that as him being like, I can't stay here. I got it. Yeah. <laughs> but he, just, he has no so qualms. Is what yeah. I'm wondering. But he has no, no right. qualms. He's like, eh, whatever. I do what I do. Well, I think he, he needed to bankrupt the realm first. So they're, <laughs> ah. they're well and truly foobar. Time to go. There you go. <laughs> yep. All right. So next category, the Cheese Boy Award, a.k.a. Fest, favorite guest performance, one off. Oh, Meaning... no, you're going to have to help me. Okay. <laughs> Sorry, I didn't prepare like Lauren. Okay, you know what? Why don't we go back to Rachel? Everybody prepared but you. We can go back to you, Rachel. I'm the wild card, bitches. (laughs) (laughs) All right, wild card. You're going to go last, all right? Okay. All right. Lauren, you go first. All right. Um, The guy, Marine, with his, uh, uh, how do I say this delicately? His toasted daughter. His name's Darren Kent. That's fucking delicate, dude. (laughs) Daughter, burnt black. I didn't call call her (laughs) s'mores. So, oh <laughs> All right, stir. <laughs> That's fear. Yeah. Okay, that was mine. <laughs> Great. Thank you for that emotionally emotionally scarring uh, entry into this category, Jenny. <laughs> I have a happier one. Sir Pounce. Oh, Sir Pounce. Sir Pounce. <laughs> Yay for kittens. More Sir Sad Pounce. that he'll never return. I know. Oh, um, Megan. I'm with Lauren. I chose Darren Kent as the grieving father and the children. He got me emotional. Yeah. Uh, Jess. Sir Pounce. Okay. <laughs> no, no, no. For the kitten. The kitten. That was some great acting right there. You yeah, know? it was. <laughs> uh, it was a I big emotional actor, range. Great performance. Very it like was. Lindsay Lohan. Yeah. <laughs> Um, I need to be consistent with every other episode I've done for this podcast. Mark Gatiss. <laughs> there you go. Super excited. And his invisible hat. Yes. Oh, sorry, Megan. <laughs> I know that's another nerd rage. <laughs> uh, All right. Okay, are, so are you my ready? My real answer would be uh, the the father and Marine because I did actually get very emotional in that scene. So he was he was very powerful, but. Uh, my wild card answer it goes to um, the the actual corpse that they cast to play Blood Raven, 
Uh, I thought that was a very bold move of them to just choose to just put a dead body just, in a chair. scavenge the... Uh... Yeah, you know, I mean, like, they, they saved on, you know, like, no makeup. And he was fresh. He had just died that morning. And I just feel like that was, like, a real true commitment to oh, the story. You mean the emperor from Mulan? Him? Yeah, the Emperor from Mulan. Yeah, you know, he really admired those movies, actually. Um, I feel like him and Lauren should have spoke more before he died. <laughs> he wasn't a s'mores. Oh. All right. <clears throat> Moving forward. Uh, the next category is the Esme Bianco Memorial Award, <laughs> a.k.a. Favorite Guest Performance Featured. So someone who was just kind of here for this season. Um, this should be super easy. Or it could Dario. be other seasons, too. It's just that they're not series regular. Dario. Yeah. Dario? Which Dario? In the season? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, she got confused because he's a new actor. Was he in the season or do I just have a little taped figure of him on my television? And then every time it lines up, then Dario's in the scene. Did you um, forget his ass? Because that, that was, was his, his ass was in the right. season. So Dario's ass? Yeah, MVP. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's... Two, that's later. Come on. We haven't gotten uh, to that one yet. Oh, Jesus. there's an MVP category? Well, yeah. Okay. Um, <laughs> I well, love how okay. you like didn't look at this at all. I know I didn't look at it at all. Uh, sorry, guys. Yeah. Uh, yeah, no, Dario. For Yeah, for fuck's sake. Come on. All right. All right. Uh, Lauren? Pedro. Hell Thank yeah, Pedro. you. Thank you. Lauren. Uh, Rachel. I have loyalties. No, I am disappointed. I thought you loved oh. Pedro. I thought you loved Pedro, Look, and, if Pedro and his was compelling in my living eyes. Room, no, if Pedro was in my living room acting it out for me live, then yeah, Pedro. But wait, I'm sorry. Was this dude Michael Huseman or whatever his name is in your like apartment no, acting it out live? But he like emotes through the camera. I don't. Oh, know. okay. Because I was gonna say, plus, why didn't you invite us? That, no, but plus <laughs> I have that perfectly formed blue hair wig on my television, and then when it lines up. <laughs> It's perfect. That's like a so really, I don't, I don't know, man. It doesn't fit Pedro's head. It's no. <laughs> so, I know mean, it does not. Know. Sorry, guys. You'd be really disappointed when Pedro comes back to play Dario next season. <laughs> no, I won't. Okay. No. <laughs> well, I'm going to predictably say Pedro as well. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, you are. Uh, Megan. That's all. I'm going to yeah. say Kate Dickey as Lysa Tully because I think she's amazing at playing Lysa and I'm yeah, sad she's yeah. gone. She yes, was she a bag of crazy. Yeah. She was perfect. Perfect. Thank you for not leading with your hormones. I appreciate that. <laughs> yeah. I will not be doing that. I will not be doing that. Jess? Mine's a tie, actually. It's actually okay. between uh, Kate Dickey. I thought she was amazing, doing a lot with very little, but also Kieran Hines in the last episode as Mance Raider. Because, you know, okay. they shitted on him last season. And they thought they kind of brought him back to being semi-awesome like he is in the books in the last episode. And I appreciated that. So it's between those two. It's a tie for me. Nice. He still looks like that one Muppet, though. Yeah. <laughs> oh. <laughs> he does. Yeah, he does. <laughs> <laughs> Poor Caesar. <laughs> Too soon. <laughs> I'm sorry. Spoiler. <laughs> I'm sorry, you guys. All right, so obviously I'm going with Pedro. Like, that was pretty much a given. I thought he, he was. Need my vote. 
well, no. But he was super dynamic. He was great. I thought he did a wonderful job. And then his death is going to go down in the annals. It was one of the craziest things in Game of Thrones. But I do want to give a or special ever. shout out. For, or ever. But I want to give a shout out to Indira Varma as well. Yeah, who I she was pretty good. She was pretty she good. She screams I hope, well. Yeah, I hope. I mean, I love her as an actress to begin with. So I hope we see more of her. I don't know how. Like, I don't know what they're going to do now. But, yeah, she was great, too. And the, and the, and what, like... The slow clap award goes to Jojen Reed. Aww. <laughs> With Jamie doing the clapping? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's just knocking over the wine glass repeatedly. Oh, sorry. Am I being paged? Do we need a wine glass knocked <laughs> Hey, so far we've made it without any uh, Reigns of Castamere singing over us. We're good. We're doing good. It's All coming. Right. Skype is doing that for us. <laughs> <laughs> Skype is like, bitches, shot it. <laughs> uh, so the f- next category is a good one. Favorite performance series regular for this season. I know it's really tempting to do like ever, but I want to try to keep it to this season. So Rachel. I'm going to give it to Lena. I mean, I don't know. I think she's not going to get enough love in this season, and I think she tried really hard, especially in Joffrey's death scene. Uh, but she has been extremely unlikable, and, you know, she's just been bringing it. And it's her faces, I mean, I don't know. I, I really enjoy her performance whenever she's on screen. I, I just look at her. So and she has Lena. to work around that wig. That's yeah. She's got to work around that li- wig, and I just I feel like... I don't know. For me, that the, personally, for me, this has been a more powerful season for me to watch her than like season two. So, agreed. Well, season two, she was drunk. I mean, she had very little. Yeah, and I mean, on. everybody really likes drunk Cersei, but she plays her well. She yeah. plays her. Yeah, I don't know. I just really I liked the scenes between her and her father. I just liked her to have more people to talk to. I think, uh, you know. Well, yeah, she talked I'm... to everybody at the wedding. Yeah, yeah, I know, right? Every single person. She was, <laughs> oh, have, have I not been a bitch to you yet? Oh, let's fix it. Come here. <laughs> All right, Lauren. I haven't the slightest clue. See, this is when I couldn't. I, I, I literally wrote, I can't choose. All right. Well, <laughs> so okay, we'll go back to you. We'll go back to you. Jenny, come on. Don't do it to me. No, no, seriously. You can't come okay. back to me. I can't choose. The cast is pretty oh, amazing. It's all very whole. incremental. So just yeah. pick one. Yeah. Fine. <laughs> Peter. Okay. okay. You like Beatles. I like Beatles, but I like when he rips into everybody and tells them they all should die. I loved his Beatles monologue. I know. You're the only person who does. You're still the only person I know who says there's a metaphor and I still can't see it. There's a goddamn metaphor. (laughs) (laughs) Honestly, I didn't didn't hate it either, but I I mean, arguments have been made by Jenny and by Jess where there was other things that could have been covered I feel like I don't want to give it to Peter because he's going to get an Emmy. Yeah, well, that's it. He gets every Emmy ever. I totally need the wine in. Oh, come on. Everybody wants a fucking Wyman. But I don't think that Lena will ever get a, an Emmy. An Emmy. So I'm giving no. her a Wyman. Yeah. All right. All right. Jenny? Do I really have to choose? Yeah. Yes. I don't, I don't know. Pod. They, pick they, pod. They, pod is you, the series regular. You, you picked someone earlier and then you I, pulled I it. So just go with who you picked earlier. Series feature? It's all bullshit. Yeah. Well, because I was just going to give it to Nikolai like. since no one gave it to him last season, and I actually really liked his stuff this season, so whatever. 
I mean, the, that, that scene where he's waving with the fake hand. Come and on, come on, that's gold. <laughs> Emmy material. That was pretty awesome. That was pretty no, awesome. No, but I really liked his scenes with Peter this season. I thought they were good. Good, and good, I... good. Okay, not that one, but all the other ones. It's a metaphor. <laughs> <laughs> that's gonna be my response to everything from now on. It's a metaphor. <laughs> all right. This podcast is a metaphor. Oh. <laughs> Wait, are we about to go into John Green jokes? Because like the Tumblr's too hard right now. Like, <laughs> <laughs> all, right, all, right, all right, hold on. Right. The reigns of Casimir is queuing up. Let's go, all Megan. Right, all right, all right. Oh, okay. <laughs> Megan, what was your favorite performance? I'm gonna go with Sophie as Sansa because I thought she did a great job of doing the progression, and I thought she did a really great job in the early part of the season when she was given like almost no lines, and most of her stuff was reaction shots, especially in the Purple Wedding. And so I thought she was just fantastic. I love her. Jess? Sophie's also mine. Uh, it's nice that she's out of King's Landing and that, you know, things are happening around her in previous seasons. And I felt, especially last season, they did not do her character justice for her wedding. So it's nice that she was away from all those people and that the scenes were about her and her struggle and her progressing, as Megan said. And I think that monologue that she gave was amazing. It was perfect, just like Sansa says it in the books. Things are a little bit different, but, you know, everything about it was great. And she's 17 or 18 doing that. So, you know, props to Sophie. So she, she's my favorite performer this season. Performance or performer? Performer. Or performance. Well, performer. Performance. 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 Sophie Turner is a performer. Yeah, like yeah, it does. Because there's an MPV. There's an M- MVP rather. So that would be performer. All right. So favorite no, that would be performance is Sophie Turner okay. as Sansa Stark. Okay. All right. That's fair. Special um, not- shout out to Amelia choosing not to be all screamy when she did the scene with Jorah. Yeah, yeah. I, I thought that was Agreed. I that was a choice that I didn't think that she would make, uh, and I was actually very impressed with her in that scene. So. Well, well played, Amelia. Um, I'm actually going to go favorite performance being Sophie, I think, because it was a toss-up for her, for MVP or for this, and I'm going to go with this just because I feel like she wasn't given as much to work with in the beginning of the season for re- obvious reasons. But once they allowed her to bloom, she did really well. So I'm going to go with her for favorite performance. Uh, all right. We are coming upon a true two-pronged category. This is the Rhaegar a la mode scene, calling back to our lovely pie ratings. This is aka the favorite scene or moment from this entire season four. Either A, that was from the book, which is kind of calling back to an earlier category, or B, not from the book, like something that they invented. So what was your absolute two favorite moments, book and non-book? Rachel, go. Uh, so non-book would be though is a no-brainer for me because it's the only time I got up on my couch and started screaming. Uh, would be when we got to see Beyond the Wall and what happens to Craster's kids. And my favorite book scene would probably be the scene between Sansa and Peter. That was exactly how I imagined it, and it was just as creepy and weird and full of unknowns that I wanted it to be. And it wasn't played for laughs and it wasn't played for um, like teenage lust or anything. It was played with just the right amount of creepy and just the right amount of um, sincerity and uh, like nervousness. So 
you were talking about with the castle, correct? Yeah, yeah, in the snow. Yeah, yeah, okay. Sorry. Uh, no, 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 because I, I was thinking it could have been either one, but yeah. No, that's a good good choice. Nice one. Um, Lauren. Okay, my favorite book scene um, was Oathkeeper. So I was really excited for that and was waiting a long time to see that scene. Um, and my non-book scene is the fight between Brienne and the Hound, because who expected that to happen? And I mm -hmm. thought it was pretty awesome. Jenny? Um, favorite book scene? I was saving the Red Viper versus the Mountain for this. Um, not not the sickening crunch part, but all the lead up oh, to it. The popping sound. Um, I just thought it was really well done. Um, and I didn't need to see the Mountain Choppa kid's head off to make it <laughs> perfect to the book scene. So I thought they got the essence of it. So I was pleased with that. Um, non-book scene, I'm going to go with a more random scene, but I really liked the small council scene before the, uh, trial where you got Oberyn and Mace arguing over titles because I just thought it was funny. And it was nice to see that kind of moment because you don't get to see that perspective in the books. Nice. Uh, Megan? So for book scene, I'm going to say when John takes control of the wall with the notch draw loose. Just because when I was thinking yes. back to like the stuff that made me freak out the most, I think back to watching that with the rest of the brigade and how we basically freaked out in the bar <laughs> while watching that moment. So I'm just going to go with that one. And then for non-book, uh, I'm going to say the John, Mant, Stannis, and Davos sequence in The Children, just because I felt it follows the spirit of the books, even though it's not from the books. Though it borrows heavily from the books, but I just thought it was a great scene, and it was my favorite non-book. Jess? Uh, my favorite non-book scene would be Arya and Brienne talking about their fathers and, you know, training and really not being, I guess, fitting in as far as, like, what Westeros wants for women. But also, because I'm just thinking back to previous seasons, how, like, Arya and Brienne and other females who use weapons would, you know, degrade other women, call them stupid and idiots. And this was, like, a nice time when they didn't do that. And I don't know, I really loved it. And it's one of those scenes that I actually get kind of emotional over. And I, and I thought they both were wonderful in that scene. And it's nice to see these two characters who don't meet in the books meeting up. So I, that was my favorite non-book scene. My favorite book scene, it's going to be Jorah being banished. I thought that both uh, Ian and Amelia played that scene wonderfully. Um, I love it a lot. I thought it was great. I thought it was perfect. I mean, there's some things missing from the book, obviously, but I thought that was her best scene in the entire season, you know, and she doesn't get a lot of love. So that that's my favorite book scene. Um, <laughs> I guess a lot of people have said a bunch of my favorite non-book scenes, but all right, I'm going to go with something just to say something different. I'm going to go with the uh, Oberyn and Cersei scene for the non-book scene where you have them talking and they kind of go into over and goes a little bit into how Dorne treats with their women mm -hmm. and Cersei talks about her daughter. And so it was kind of, you can see that Cersei's clearly trying to manipulate him, but I think it was a, a weird moment of truth for her as well. And it was Oberyn being aware that he was being manipulated, but also getting an idea of who she is. So there was like a double thing going on there. You got to see them and kind of learn about Dorne, but you also got to see their little power play. So I really like that. And in terms of book, um, I honestly have to say the 
entirety of Watchers on the Wall. Only because I've been looking. Yes. No, honestly, only because oh, I've been. You yes. should see the gesture I'm making. Right now. I know, I know. But listen, it's not. Can I be honest here? It's not even because I thought it was a perfect translation because we know that I didn't. Um, and it's not because the entire thing was all. Every bit of it was amazing, but it was that I was looking for it, forward to it for so long. And then also, you know, I was with the brigade and we were just so excited for it that I think I'm always going to have a good memory about that for this season just because we were allowed ourselves to completely fangirl. And that was fun for me. So that's my favorite book scene. Same here, Katie. Oh, barf. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Second to last category, you guys. We're coming up. Uh, favorite episode of season four of Game of Thrones. Rachel. I don't know the names. I don't know the episode Go. names. You don't have to say the name. Say the one that where this happened. Um, I liked Tyrion's trial a lot. I think that was a strong episode. Um, <clears throat> what was, Megan, you did the thing. What was the only one I gave a rig on? That was <laughs> Rachel, the you do the realize the laws of gods and men is the one that... Uh, the Asha scene was in, right? <laughs> no, I don't remember when stuff happens. That's why it's a terrible idea to be like the one where something happens. You gave the highest I'm rating sorry. to the purple wedding. Okay, fine. The purple wedding, that one. <laughs> <laughs> Even though apparently I don't remember anything that happened in it because at trivia, I was like, I don't know. <laughs> Joffrey died. Joffrey died. Okay. <laughs> I don't know. Um, Oathkeeper for me, but you all knew I was going to say that, so we can move on. Surprise, surprise. <laughs> uh, Megan? <laughs> I think I know Megan. I think Jenny did go, yeah. Jenny? Oh, Jenny. Oh, my God. I'm sorry. Hi, Jenny. <laughs> Jenny first. <laughs> well, she probably figured you were going to say the same thing anyway. <laughs> she just skipped that. Well, I was just going to say that this, this is a really hard category because there's something in every episode that tends to piss me off. And that's my issue with this season is there's so many high highs, but there's always something that's just like, why? So I think of Oathkeeper ended up being one that had the least amount of things that pissed me off. And I'm not going to be the brigade and say the washers on the wall because I know you guys are all going to say that. So I'll stick no, with No, you don't. You don't know. You don't know, do you? Uh, I've seen that spreadsheet. I know. <laughs> oh no! I didn't. Did, is that what I put down? Oh fuck! Yes. Oh, I'm uh, you're that person who gives away results of awards before. <laughs> yeah, spoilers, Jenny. With... Spoilers. Honestly, Je- Jenny's I'm the that one person in the bathroom when the when they call their name. <laughs> I know. So Jenny's that okay. person who's like, "Here, I got you a gift. It's a hat." <laughs> <laughs> oh, all right, Megan. So now Jenny spoiled, spoiled it, but I was going to say the watchers on the wall and people should just listen to the podcast episode and know, and should, they should know that I love it. And I've seen it far more times than I should actually admit. And I like it more each time <laughs> I see it. So Megan, how many times did you watch it on Saturday alone? Twice. <laughs> it may have been on while I was making dinner tonight too, before we did this. <laughs> oh, nice. Nice. Okay. So just to give you a hint. Um, Jess, what about you? I'm also going to give it to the Watchers on the Wall. Surprise, surprise. You know, even though the Night's Watch stuff in the previous episodes was lackluster, I really, I really enjoyed the episode a lot. It was nice that they, you know, took out time to focus on these characters that they don't usually focus on. And, you know, my boy John got to be a hero. So I loved it. 
That's my favorite episode. I may have watched it maybe not as many times as Megan, but it's the only episode I've actually seen more than once this this season. So that says a lot about why I picked it. Nice. Well, apparently I put down Watchers on the Wall in the spreadsheet, but I'm actually changing it. Okay. Because I think that the episode that I enjoyed the most was the finale. I honestly liked the developments that were going on. I liked that we did get from everybody. Um, it left me less ragey about certain... Like, I loved Watchers on the Wall, but I was pretty annoyed at... Um, Everything? No, no, but I was annoyed. Like, I liked seeing the... Resolu- I liked seeing John and Stannis. I liked mm-hmm. seeing uh, Mans in that interaction. So I think I kind of... I appreciated that. Uh, so yeah, finale for me. That's my second favorite episode. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Uh, all right, so we are. Congratulations, drum roll, please. Jenny, would you like to do a drum roll? Can, can you do that? There we go. We are on the final category of the first annual 2014 Wyman Awards for Fire and Lunch. Uh, the MVP, not that I haven't talked about it before, the MVP of season four. I got it. I got my answer. All right, Rachel, go. Varys's face. Yeah. MVP. MVP. Reasons. His face. His face. Yeah. <laughs> what reasons? Every you facial expression he makes at every event is it just it sums up <laughs> the whole episode. Gold. It's gold. If you're like if you feel yourself slipping, you just have to look at Varys and everything will be okay. That's why you didn't like the watchers on the walls, huh? Yeah, no Varys. If Varys was on the wall, then I'd be alright. Just throwing shade at the wildlings, like, who are these assholes? Like, his face just popping up in the middle of the wall, like, really, fucker? He could have been the weirwood face when John was burning great. <laughs> That's amazing! <laughs> <laughs> Head cannon. <laughs> All right. Uh, Lauren, what was, who was your MVP of the season? Or what? I have too many. Lauren, come on. No, I have too many. I think it. I, I think it was a. I think it was a great cast this season. I think they were all really. I mean, Kit actually got to talk and do things other than grunt, which was really exciting. So that was great. And and Sophie really turned it up, and she was amazing. And watching Jack die was really awesome. And watching Peter rip into everybody was really. I mean, I can't choose. I I I I. I mean, there's been great great scenes with a lot of the actors. I really can't choose. I have to say though, I think that Gwen has really improved. Yes, over I agree. The last year. Uh, so yeah. Yeah, I, I've been Get watching her there. wizards versus aliens thing, and yes, she has improved because yeah. that was kind of that's kind of terrible. <laughs> well, she's gonna be in Star Wars, so yeah. Yay. Well, Yay. it's it's, it's kind of terrible because it's just terrible. It's not her. It's just really bad. Yeah. BBC. Stuff. Well, I even but even as Brienne, I feel like she's more comfortable in the role. I feel like um, that she's really starting to embody that character, and she's really starting to look like a person who who would naturally make those facial expressions. Yeah, and I you know anyway, moving on. Uh, Lauren, are you? I you told sure? you I have too many. I I, I, I mean, okay. if I sit here, I'll be listing all of them, and we'll just you know they'll have to be the reigns of Castamere moment. All right, that's fair. That's fair, Jenny. Um, I was going to pick Pedro as Oberyn just because I think he brought a lot to this season and a lot to the character. And I think just like in the show, like, or just like in the book, you know, everyone seems to gravitate towards that character and then he flames out. And I just, 
I don't know. I thought he kind of made the season, especially yeah, through episode totally. eight where, you know, he dies. But <laughs> And then after, after everything after that was garbage. Exactly. So. <laughs> there were skeletons and All this, you didn't yeah, know what was going on. Just bullshit. But no, I thought, I thought, especially with the Unsullied reaction, how everyone seemed to love him as well, I think he brought a lot to this season. So that's my answer. Cool. Uh, Megan? This is going to surprise no one, uh, but I'm going to go with Kit Harrington. <laughs> and this is like kind of twofold. So I think it's for, okay, so I think he's a great ambassador for the show on screen and off screen. So on screen, I think he does a great job with John. I've always thought he's been good. But I thought this season he was really good at showing the progression towards John being a leader, which is, of course, really important for the future. And then off screen, I just really appreciate how much like how much enthusiasm he has for the show and the role and the fans. And it's clear that and he the books and the books. What, yeah, and the books. I'm sorry. I meant to say that. And it's clear he understands John like really well, maybe more so than Dan and Dave even do. And so I just really appreciate that. And I think he's fantastic. And I think he's really good with the physical stuff with the role, too. And I think people kind of forget that, and they don't really give him credit for that. And if he were terrible at it, people would notice. But since he's so good at it, no one notices. So I'm going with uh, him. Just, just to add what you just said, I think that my cat knows more about Jon Snow than, than D&D do. <laughs> <laughs> Whiteout knows everything. Yeah, and, like, we've gotten a lot of opinions from Whiteout, so... Yeah. <laughs> Can we have Whiteout place her pounce next season? <laughs> yeah, she'd be really good at it. She's really well-behaved. If you just, you know, like, put her somewhere, she just lays there forever, so... I think that'd be brilliant. <laughs> Can we bring animals into Comic-Con? Because she could cosplay. <laughs> she would probably want to die. So <laughs> let's not do that to my poor okay. cat. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> um, uh, Jess, who's your MVP? Well, unlike Rachel, I think everything after Oberyn dies is amazing, and it most <laughs> of that has yeah most of that has to do with my choice for MVP, which is Kit Harrington. Just gonna piggyback on what Megan said about the physicality, but also like I really feel like this season more than any season, including the first one, like this is the Jon Snow that I really love from the books. Um, I felt like he was more confident. Um, that he had dialogue, that he wasn't just, as Lauren had said earlier, just standing there, and that when you give him something more to do than just stare into the distance, that he really can bring a great performance. And, and so in that regard, I really I really loved him. Plus, it's probably the only time I'm ever going to give him this because may, they may screw up next season. So if I'm going to give it to John, John <laughs> I'm going to give it to him now. <laughs> so, yeah, so Kit Harrington's my MVP of the season. Guys. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> I mean, I don't know. Maybe next season will be amazing. We, we really don't know. I think that's what's the hardest thing about watching this show is how inconsistent it is, going back to what Jenny said, that there are high highs and very low lows. And it's hard to feel like you're consistently happy when you're either really excited about something or really pissed off. Katie? Um, I am actually going to give it to John Bradley as my MVP. Um, I do still love the North. I mean, I, I've already gush over Dorn and like everything like that but I do still love the North and I think that his progression and his performance of the character I mean if nobody liked or even had on their radar Sam they do now he really did a wonderful job in Watchers on the Wall and the subsequent episodes and the ones before that I thought he was more of a presence than John really was yeah I agree yeah so I think he did a great job and for me he's my MVP because he showed an enormous amount of growth uh, from season episode one to episode ten, so that was my answer for MVP. 
And with that, we are now out of categories for the Wyvins. And like all award shows, we're just a little bit over. We're just a little <laughs> bit over. Sorry, you guys. But uh, nobody, but... nobody, nobody had the music play over them, so we did pretty well. No, we did pretty That'll well. That'll happen but... in editing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Maybe. Uh, possibly on myself. But I'm going to, you know, we don't have any shitty music on hand to play us out. So we're just going to instead go with our traditional toast. But before we do that, uh, just, you know, this is our one-off Wyman's. We'll probably be doing this hopefully next year if we're still going on. But we are going to be having during the summer at a little bit of a um, less frequent rate. We're going to be having some episodes. So check that out uh, on the Tumblr. See when we're going to be posting stuff and what we're posting. Uh, we hope you guys enjoyed the first ever Wyman's Awards. And we will see, talk, we'll see you guys soon. See you guys soon. Do we see them soon? We will Are we speak seeing to people? them soon. We will speak to them soon. They will soon. listen yeah. to us soon. They will listen to they it. Can. Hear us soon. Hear <laughs> us soon. <laughs> All right. So imagine the music playing while we... Yeah. Imagine music playing while we're debating whether or not we're actually seeing or hearing you. Uh, <laughs> Get off the stage. This award show was brought to you by... Bye. Come by, on. To John Stone. We have to do our toast to John Damn Snow, it. everybody. God I know. Don't even try, Rachel. Fine. To John Snow, everyone. To Pedro. To John Snow. To Pedro. To Pedro. To Pedro. <laughs> Bye. Bye. Goodbye, guys. Bye. And so he broke that sacred oath that Lord of the crossing. And now the pie crusts cover his kin. And they're so good to eat. Yes, now the pie crusts cover his kin. Revenge it tastes so sweet Fabulous. We're going to do three, two, one, and then clap. Yeah, that doesn't mean anything. Okay. Let's try this. Three, two, one. Really? We're not good at it. It's fine. Okay. It's fine. look, it's it's our thing, okay? Our thing is we are not meant to be a marching band. What? <laughs> okay. Do they clap in marching bands? Generally no. Well <laughs> we can't be in time is my point. The Wymans are experiencing technical difficulties right now. <laughs> Please hold we'll be on. back after these messages. <laughs> Could, could you imagine if you recorded live? <laughs> oh my god, I feel bad for anybody who has to listen oh to that god. shit. <laughs> <laughs>